Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast post-game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, Frank Sanders, Damian Anderson, live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And gentlemen, uh, that was an unfortunate second half for the Arizona Cardinals. They fall to the Denver Broncos. They've been beaten by Mac Jones and Brett Rippon. In the span of, what, six, seven days? Mm -hmm. And now officially, according to the Fox broadcast, they have been mercifully eliminated from postseason contention. But we knew that well before kickoff, Bo. (laughs) We knew before kickoff, too, that if if they lost, that they were going to be in line for a top five pick. So let me be the first to just to vent. Let me just darn. Darn, the Cardinals lost this game, dang it. It was within their grasp and they blew it. it, guys. Darn it. We wanted them to pull it out at the end. I'm just venting for the rest of the fan base. No, I mean, this was a game where the the game itself, guys, really feels like it's it's secondary with what's going on off the field with this team. The reports that came out earlier today that they feel like if Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports, fantastic reporting that Michael Bidwell seems to be exploring options in life beyond Steve Kime as the general manager. But as far as the game goes, like we expected this. And it still sucks to sit through it and watch this team collapse and not play well and not make the adjustments in the second half. This was a defense that had six sacks in the first half, got to Brett Rippon once in the second half, and uh, we didn't see any red zone attempts from either team in the first half. Mm. And it seemed like Denver was living on the Cardinals' side of the football field in the second half. Can uh, Frank Sanders, can J.J. Watt play quarterback the rest of the year? You know Put what? number 99 at QB and just kind of let be, him do his thing. It'll be a different offense, but I tell you what, it might be maybe it might be a little bit more exciting. Yes, much more to fun to getting. watch. Um, someone asked for Trace McSorley, and, and there you have it. In the second when we did a halftime show, someone wanted to see Trace McSorley, and there you have it. It's uh, six. You go into halftime, you, you, you're you winning by three points, so yeah. six, three. Mm-hmm. You got six sacks. You got to think that there are going to be adjustments made, but the offense might get a little bit better. They got their second win because the Mile High Stadium being in altitude could change change the narrative. So you've done except you've done exceptionally well to get yourself in the second half with the lead. But after that, you do nothing the second half. And I think that's uh to me, that's that's just as disappointing because you start watching things happen at, and this team falls. Now, was that because not having Colt McCoy or and, and Trace coming in and then Denver actually putting you know, pinning their ears back, but I can I'll go back and I'll say no to that because look what the defense gave up in the running game to the Denver Broncos. And they just they they went on a on a the mentality we're just going to pound 
impound you and they're going to make plays in that way. And so to me, watching what we did the second half was just disappointing. I can't offense or defense, nothing looked good. And um, you just got to go back and look at yourself in the mirror. For me, it was almost expected. I wouldn't say the turnovers. It was going to be what team won the turnover battle, no ability to run the ball. And you saw Denver capitalize, obviously make things happen. I mean, it was disheartening to see the the ineptability of the offense just do nothing. I mean, you saw some flashes of James Conner defensively. J.J. Watt early on in that, that first half just took over the game, got his ex- escalators. That was great. What was more profound and stuck out to me guys if you look at the the nfc west landscape right yeah and and you look at the the scouting and the player development you look at guys like brock purdy you look what seattle has done with a a rookie running back and rookie you know uh tackles and you look at the lack of development with Mm -hmm. the arizona cardinals and their inability to have that depth in key positions yeah and and there's no question we're in the position that we're in and you're looking for so many different pieces because we, you know, I mean, we're football aficionados. We watch the game and understand it. We saw early on if these issues weren't addressed, that this season could be problematic. And here we sit guys. Like, I mean, we know that Denver, you know, against Denver, like you said, Bo darn, I mean, yeah, you're upset. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're you're upset, (laughs) but you almost expected it, but you know why. We're in this situation. Well, zone. yeah, they were missing players defensively. They missed their whole secondary. They're missing at cornerback, at least. They're missing Zach Allen. I mean, Latavius Murray, he's a nice player, 24 for 130 on the ground. And then you flip on the offensive side of the ball, 20 for 36 combined for Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley, three picks, no touchdowns, quarterback rating of 33. I mean, it's just inept. And the unfortunate part about it is everybody wants change now. And I, I want to be real with everybody for uh, people have been asking DMs, text messages, whatever. And I appreciate the interest. Like they're not firing Cliff Kingsbury tomorrow. They're mm. not firing Vance Joseph tomorrow because ultimately what is that going to do? Michael Bidwell with three games left, mm-hmm. the opportunity to pivot <clears throat> off of one or both of those guys was right before or right after the bye week Like you had a chance to move off of one of those people and you didn't do it. So essentially you signed off mm-hmm. saying this is a Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph ran team for the rest of the season. And honestly, guys, it, it doesn't matter if they're coaching or not for the rest of the year. They've been eliminated from playoff contention. They're fighting right now in a lot of fans' eyes for a top three to five draft pick that hopefully can h- come and help this team. Right. They're, like wins against Tampa on Christmas Day would only be your second home win in over a calendar year. That's bad. You, you Atlanta, San Francisco, who may be playing backups in that game. You know, I, we all want the reaction, not the reactionary, but ripping of the Band-Aid off. We all assume, Bo, that's going to come Monday, January 9th on right. Black Monday. Yeah, if, if it happens. I mean, there's there's already going to be a ton of turnover with this organization, and you have an owner that's reluctant to change, and an owner that, as far as going outside this organization, it, it rarely happens. As it's been pointed out several times, I mean, they haven't had anybody externally tabbed as a general mm-hmm. manager since right. 1994. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. The last three guys, Kime, uh, Graves and it was at Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah, we're all guys that were internal hires. Internal hires. So you know, this is this is a team, and and with what's happened as far as Kyler Murray going down with a serious knee injury, and it's become all routine getting back to yeah. that. So there's confidence there, but it's going to be a waiting game, and then just the state of the roster and the state of the inability to compete week in and week out. This is a perfect opportunity for Michael Bidwell to make real changes to this organization and hit that reset button 
and, and really turn things around. Now we have officially for the third time in five seasons, double digit losses. The Cardinals are four and 10. They went five, 10 and one in Cliff Kingsbury's first season and three and 13 the previous season. That's with rosters built by Steve Keim. This organization consistently is more bad than it is good. And that's, that's, that's not nothing good. that you can look at yeah. your face at your own face in the mirror as Michael Bidwell and say, I'm doing everything I can to turn this into a winner because you're not. Uh, good question in the chat asking, why do the Broncos still have a pick higher than the Cardinals? Cardinals right now, we're going to get to it here in a little bit, have the fourth pick. The Broncos have the third. The Broncos have the lesser strength of schedule. Now, that could change over the next couple of weeks. There are no tiebreakers for wins and losses in the draft order, um, but they have the same record, and that allows the Cardinals, you know, very small margin for error, but at the same time, this loss really keeps them alive, Bo Brock, for one of those top picks in the draft. And again, we're not rooting for losses here, but a, a win against Brett Rippon and Nathaniel Hackett, two guys who probably won't be on the Broncos next year, uh, would would knock them out of contention for one of these blue chip players, yeah, blue chip and, prospects. And guys, Frank, Damian, help me out here with two two. I mean, Brett Rippon, his he was making his third start. This was an offense that was stagnant all season long. It was historically low as mm -hmm. far as points per game. Uh, with with Russell Wilson, and they've got their backup quarterback putting up points for the first time they score over 24 points in a game. Um, and, and Nathaniel Hackett, who can't outcoach anybody, yeah, is outcoaching the Cardinals coach. You know, he's coming out with the dub. Like, what did you guys see that was, it was the difference makers out there? I mean, it was just pressure. I mean, we talked about that offensive line. I think it was their 10th combination this year. The Arizona Cardinals have played more players than anybody else. I mean, but at that same flip of the coin, we look at, you know, the Chargers who've had injuries, you know, mm -hmm. the Broncos who've had injuries and found ways to win. But, jo but Johnny and Bo, Frank, I think we talked about it, you know, while watching the game. There's a big difference, Bo, between your second string and your third string. Yep. I mean, there, there, there's a big difference because the guy in the second string is going to have the the possibility or likelihood of seeing more game time action. And I don't put it on necessarily on Trey McSorley, but it was apparent that he was not on the same page on some of those throws that were made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it was Colt just trying to make a throw. And anytime you have three turnovers, short football fields, momentum, you're playing in a you know Mile High Stadium, it's cold as shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, Frank, you know what? We talked yeah. about it. I mean, when things go bad, it becomes worse with that hawk, you know, on, on your back during those cold yeah. games. So I wouldn't say anybody quit, you know, Bo, Frank, and Johnny. But it's I a think, talent problem. But, but I, I think it's a talent problem, and I think also it's a depth problem. And when you turn over the football and you're able to run the ball, that being the Broncos, it's a recipe for disaster. This team right here, man, is just not the combination that we thought we'd see. Mm-hmm. And so they've been working and flipping and turning and tossing and, and changing and putting in new guys and with injuries and all those things. <clears throat> this is just our season. Yeah. And it's just not good. Right. I mean, and unfortunately, again, it's falling on it's falling on Cliff when he had an opportunity to have. He it's had, injuries, Frank. I, it's I mean, injuries. what I'm saying. But, but that's yeah. a narrative. And coaching. And, 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 but that's a narrative yeah. now, Johnny. It's injuries. Well, it's beyond injuries. Well, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not. It's I'm a, not. I'm it's not a, gonna, it's, it's, I think it's coaching. It's a. It's a that big just has to deal with the process. Yeah. It's, it's a combination of yes, injuries. But personnel whiffs on players, both in free agency and the draft, and and coaching. It's an organizational disappointment, catastrophe on and off the field. There, there you can't spin it any other way. No, no you can't. And we'll also take this into consideration, given all the injuries. When we looked at this preseason, we look at how this team evaluates talent. 
there was a they kept five running backs. We've seen now two running backs exit this roster and go from another team to a team after that. They're on their third rosters of the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, Eno Benjamin can't stick with the Houston Texans. Jonathan Ward is is already on another practice squad. And the team kept five running backs on a one running back offense. Mm-hmm. And then they kept the third quarterback who we saw today who can't play. Like these guys that they want to keep and develop for around for a reason. They're not developing when they're getting their their numbers called. They're not producing, so it's like even when you the, the to, as far as who's available, there's just nobody on the on the roster that like the next man up mentality doesn't work when they just can't compete. When you're looking at the we'll just when you're looking at San Fran, you're looking at Purdy, you're looking at the third string quarterback, what you're looking at him come out and still be effective. Mm-hmm. What happened and what transition in that process? Context is everything. I get and, it. And so, context so right. Is and so you got to look at. They it got from the that number one defense and they yes. can run the football. I understand those that. those things. Are, those things are working, but but if it's you, depth though, if, Frank. If you look it's at, depth. You look at our our defense today. We we showed up for the first half, and the second half we got exploited. Yeah. Coaching wise, we got exploited. Yeah. Two, that's because you can do nothing the, offensively. The, the turnovers didn't help us, but I'm saying we got exploited in areas where our weaknesses showed up. Not having the depth, our defensive line, our defense got I got we got ran through. And I, but again, those are the things that you start looking at and saying it is terrible. It's absolutely terrible, and the excuses are going to fall on some coaches' heads. And that's 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 that that is just what has to happen. Brandon in the chat, Johnny, we tweeted briefly about it, but why should fans believe? that an internal GM hire and possibly coaching change is deep enough house cleaning. Well, outside of that, you have to find a new owner. So unless Michael Bidwell is ready to put this this thing up on not eBay. It, yeah, <laughs> not he's, he's going to be the owner. And I think that, again, I'm not going to sit here with this team being a dumpster fire and, and blindly support Michael Bidwell. But I, I think he's a very capable owner. And hopefully he's got enough self-awareness to be objective and say, what I've been doing isn't working. We're going to pivot. And, and, and that's the kind of press conference that my counterpart here is going to hopefully sit in on mm-hmm. shortly after the season. Like, I take full responsibility. We will get this right. No excuses. Well, we've heard that before. Well, yeah. but, I mean, by himself. He, no. hasn't, he, had to, he hasn't had to do that alone in a long time. The last time he had to do that, he had to fire his good friend, Rod Graves, and Ken Wisenhunt, the, the Super Bowl uh, head coach that he got, or at least participant in the Super Bowl. So I, I think you should feel good today knowing that change is coming. What that change looks like, we have no idea. But at least now, based on that article from Jonathan Jones at CBS, you should check it out. Highly recommended, CBS Sports. Michael Bidwell has already been engaging candidates, Mm -hmm. whether it's the internal or external. That's that's telling me, yeah, this season, while it's important for young players to grow and develop and we want to see growth, blah, 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 I know I am working overtime to get a head start bow on what needs to be done in early January. These two gentlemen to my right and left know the two guys who are holding the interim tag down mm-hmm. for the Arizona Cardinals. I And I can say this, and I think fans who are just cards casuals out there know that there's no way Adrian Wilson's philosophies and ideas and scouting ability are going to be truly influenced, and he's going to have bad habits from Steve Kine. No, right, yeah. I mean, Adrian and Q, QB and Quentin Harris are both their own individual, but you guys – also know i'm sure that we all have bosses here mm-hmm. and your bosses has an ideology or, or a philosophy that they believe right and that's going to be the narrative of the ship and that's going to be what yeah. it is but you know if you ran the ship 
There's going to be a ways in which you do things. And, and as, as Bo said, knowing both, played with both of them, knowing both both in, intimately well. Q's a very methodical, very X's and O's, very mathematical type, analytical, you know, player. And, and Adrian is more of a, the passion, size, you, you know, guys that are just big, strong, and fast can get out there and make yeah. plays. So, yeah. and obviously, Adrian, I mean, Adrian doesn't have the years of experience as Q does, but I guarantee you he could identify what a good player looks like. Yeah. And his input will be valued. Uh, I think Q being there for a long period of time and, and has when I, when I've seen him in those environments doesn't hesitate to speak up. Right, yeah. and every, everything's going to be very data factual support based uh, in his analysis. I, and I think that they got they're in good hands, especially with Q, because I just know the hard work that he's putting into. But I, I wonder too about those cultural issues because I don't necessarily believe that it's you know uh, Frank, you and I've been around the organization. Mm-hmm. Every owner is going to have an influence. And I know that Jerry Jones gets all the attention and all the notoriety for what he does as an owner, but you better damn expect that 99% of the owners out there that give a shit about their football organization are just as involved as Jerry Jones. Yeah. And that's just how that, where I'll leave it right Look, there. We, we always try to, we always put the onus on kind and we never really talk about what Mike and how Mike, what Mike is really doing, who Mike is hiring, who we find. We asked the question last week that Mike fired Kugler or did did Kime fire Kugler? Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. what was that conversation? Right. We don't really know who does the firing and hiring and when and what happens pre- specifically out of the organization. Mike isn't the guy that's taking the shots. It's definitely Kime and Cliff. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you look at it from that perspective, I think that you know we're watching we're watching a team that's in a in a in a, actually in a great position to make transition. You still got enough. You got talent around you, but they're in a good spot to make some good transition. We, we just got to believe in the people that they bring in. Yeah, the people they bring in. It's going to have or a, keep a, or a, elevate. I mean, yeah, or elevate. Yes. Well, and here and elevate, here's yes. why I think Michael Bidwell may be inclined to think differently than in years prior when he elevated Steve Kime. Yeah, the Cardinals were in bad shape on the field. They didn't have this lingering cloud hovering over them where they number one couldn't sell out the stadium that they were inept at home mm. and then had arrests, embarrassments, uh, disrespect toward women off the field. Like those weren't prevalent things with the franchise mm. losing. Absolutely, they were losing with Rod Gray's. And, and Kent Wisenhunt. But off the field, they were fairly buttoned up, and they were seen as an organization that was finally starting to take the next step forward. And then, thankfully, getting Bruce Arians allowed them to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think now it, Michael Bidwell would be naive to believe that even if he loves Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris, you can't sit there and preach about your culture to anybody else. You're down there in the slums now with Dan Snyder and company based on what public perception is with mm. you. Now, it may not be that extreme, but you're lumped in that group. And the only way to get yourself out of there is to get that's the right harsh, people. That's no, a little harsh, though. That's, no, that's, that's a little harsh. I'm arrests well, watch this, and, D, and DYs. Enough, yeah. and, like, I get it. Dan Snyder's in his own category. But they're they're down there now. They're, they're in a place where... It's like, do I want to be affiliated with the Cardinals because of what's going on? The people are going to have to ask themselves that. Now, those are serious questions based on what's been going on in the front office, what's been going on with the coaching staff. That Those are very difficult sure. conversations that you got to have. I'm not saying that they're irredeemable. Of course they are. But new people are required to clean up this mess, Bo. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of tiers below. Uh, but I, I liked what you said. In, in, if it's an internal hire or if it's an external hire, you hope to hear culture change, right? Whoever it may be. If it's Q, if it's A-Dub, they sit up at the podium and they say, look, I I'm, I've, I had a front row seat to this. We need a serious culture change. Yeah. And I think the fan base would would love that, right? That would resonate with the fan base. And, and if it's an external person, I, I 
Absolutely. And you hope that Michael Bidwell and, you know, I, I, I still am lacking uh, a better term, but, you know, this this blessing in this guy's the Cardinals have an opportunity now mm-hmm. to, to get to know uh, these two gentlemen, see how they operate on a day to day basis, what their what their views what are. How, about. Yeah. What they're about, you know, how they they view this the, the way out of this mess how you and, fix this and what problem. they yeah, how they yeah. fix this problem how they they want to change the future of this Arizona Cardinals organization well, and you get a head start on that you, you know they were at the NFL meetings last week reported mm-hmm. by Jones talking to some other candidates as well and and that's great you get the head start just like the Colts got the head start and uh, a couple of the other organizations that are that, that were for, forced into making moves just by how much yeah. of a dumpster fire their respective yeah. seasons had gone look i, I if I'm Q and I'm I'm D, I already or I'm Adrian. This is what yeah. I'm looking at, and then when I, this is what I'm taking away from Steve Kahn. The guys he signed or we brought in, a lot of those guys we thought were talented players. That most of those guys, some of those guys got cut before ever, before really ever developing these guys or letting them develop. They never really saw their second contract in order to get them in a position where you know you look at Chase Edmond, you look at Christian Kirk, Hassan Reddick. These guys were gone, yeah. you know, and, and so therefore. But when you look at them in the league, they're valuable in the league. But that's just other names of name guys we can name that left here, that was signed here and went some places else. Either they came back or they left. When they left, they went and bought other places. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a talent problem. Mm-hmm. It just, just was in this wasn't keeping it. But and that, and, and but and that, that was kind of the, the the thought process when you played Frank that all the talent would leave. And so that's and so that's why so that's so now we got to follow up. This is when you follow who's making the choices, right? And so when you really start following who makes the choices, daddy did that. The son's doing that. We're letting go players, not sitting their second contract. And so those things become the conversation. But when, when A-Dub, Adrian Wilson, and Q get up with the opportunity they have right now, they have to ask themselves, are you going to let me run this team and grow this team and build this mm-hmm. team and build a culture and an attitude where the mentality, A-Dub and Q both are safeties. That's John Lynch. Yeah. John Lynch took the mentality of, hey, if I bring some players in, get some hogs up front, get some guys that can block and get some – you gave me a couple pieces. I got D in. I got some D in. I got a couple. I brought some linebackers in that can make some plays. And they're both two defensive. And right, and and they're not heavy on the outside and receivers. So that 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 in itself allows you to have to move your money around a little bit. Not that, that, but I'm saying the mentality of what you watch not play out or has played out. You can really take away and say, hey man, I don't have to repeat the same thing. This wheel does not have to be reinvented. We need to go in another direction, and the way we need to go. We need to be aggressive about it and not start getting rid of our players. Sign the guys, make the money, make these guys feel like a home and develop a culture of winning here with the mentality that I know I got Johnny, I know I got Bo, I know I got DA, and not watching them, not watching us turn turn tables and try to figure this thing out over and over every, to me, every year. To I, I me, dra- I hope draft philosophy changes too because I feel as though in the past they've always drafted best available rather than their need. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in certain positions. And I know that we'll have a draft history of that and, and everything else, but not addressing certain positions. Not, I mean, the team is the team. You know, Steve Kime wasn't in charge of, of guys getting hurt or guys underperforming. We talked about the team was heavily leveraged offensively. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out. No, Def- it didn't. The, the defense, you know, made some plays when they could, but we expected this team to score 24 to 28 points a game. Yeah, with the offensive unit that they had. Yeah, Yeah. and now they're starting Trace McSorry, presumably, for the next three games. We're going to dive into some draft talk here and give you the uh, latest with regards to the Arizona Cardinals, where they stand uh, exiting this weekend with their draft pick. But I want to remind everybody, listen, times are tough. We got Christmas around the corner. 
listen, put the team aside for a second. <laughs> yes, they play the Buccaneers. If you're thinking about just getting that game day experience at the very cheapest of prices, you can go to the Game Time app right now, save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. Listen, I've had friends, I've had family, we've had our own Shane Diefenbach here today going to a uh, Las Vegas Knights game mm-hmm. uh, coming up here pretty soon. He used game time. It's the best way to find tickets where you avoid all that garbage, vendors, surcharges, blah, blah, blah. Go to game time. I guarantee it will be the cheapest ticket you find on not only sporting events, Suns, Cardinals, etc. But hey, how about some concerts coming up? You mentioned mm-hmm. you had gone to a concert recently using the game time app. Yeah, I got uh, tickets to see a comedian, Nate Bergazzi, hilarious over at Celebrity Theater. Got some concert tickets coming up for show in may at cardinal stadium at state farm stadium and use the game time app you can't go wrong because yeah if you don't want to go see any more cardinals games you've only got one more left on the schedule you got you can use it for any event you want to go you want to go watch book drop 58 uh, in a game they might cardinals tickets might be damn well free in time by the end of the week for christmas day so if you're thinking i got a big family i want to get them out of my house get them off of my stuff go to game time Go to PHN or go to PHNX. We'll watch PHNX Cardinals on the way to State Farm Stadium, Bo. Uh, another ticket you want to get your hands on is tickets to the PHNX Tea Party. That's going down. It's presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. You can enjoy yourself some great Four Peaks beer, the Kilt Lifter, the Wow Wheat. You got the Pumpkin Porter still, oh, double pumpkin. Delicious. Can't go wrong with Four Peaks. We're enjoying some here on set right now, but you got to get to the PHNX Tea Party. It's going down 45 bucks per person. If you're a diehard right now, you can sign up and get 36 buck tickets, $36 tickets, $160 for a foursome, just $120 for diehards. <coughs> Kids 10 and under, they play for free. You got you, It's a perfect place to take the family, hang out, food and drink. You got merch, you got contests, you got prizes, you got the PHNX Suns. They got their pre, they got their post-game show going on. They got the watch party. Join us, PHNX Sports Crew, January 13th, the PHNX Tea Party, brought to you by Four Peaks. And if uh, you're looking to watch some hoops or hang out, just have a good old time, go check out Four Peaks, 8th Street and Tempe. Hey, but this event is not a, it's not a golf outing. It's not yeah. like you're playing 18 holes. It's this a party. Is, this is, we're sitting at the driving range. It's going to be four and eight or however, how many people you have in your group that's going to be there. So when you guys come out, we're, hit, we're hitting balls on the driving range, but it's almost like there's a scoring thing. It's, it has this top golf mentality, but it's outdoors. You guys should have, look, it's not, a, it's not 18 holes. It's a great opportunity to hang out, drink a couple of beers, watch a little, watch a little game. But it's absolutely fabulous. It's a great great night. Night. It's nighttime. They got nighttime lights out there. So look, Peters, I'm gonna be there. Heaters. Heaters. And haters. And alcohol. Heaters and both. So look, come on, have a great time. Man. PHNX is owning the off season. We're PHNX Cardinals owning the draft season. Speaking of which, bum updated draft orders via tankathon.com. I mean, again, take this with a grain of salt because the LA Rams play tomorrow night against the Packers. So Arizona Cardinals sit fourth overall. They've got a strength of schedule 522. They've lost four straight, but they will not, I repeat, they will not exit this NFL weekend worse than fifth. So if they drop, they're just dropping one slot. You've got Houston, Chicago. Houston, Chicago seem destined, in my opinion, to have those top two picks. And then it's a catch-all, right? We've got Denver, whom the Cardinals just lost to. The Rams look much more competent with Baker Mayfield. Now, the Cardinals do play the Atlanta Falcons in a couple of weeks, but no one's rooting for losses here. 
But Bowen, you look at the context of this draft status for the Arizona Cardinals. What better gift for a new GM <laughs> than to have a top five pick? Yeah, this franchise looks a little bit more appealing, right? If, if you feel like you've got something with Kyler Murray, and I think there are a lot of candidates out there that will see that Kyler Murray is not damaged goods, that he can be a, a very high caliber quarterback. You've got the QB already in the fold, and then you're going to have a high draft pick that you can add to a roster that's got a couple building blocks on it. So we, you got the quarterback spoken for. Can you trade down? You can get a haul. You can get more draft capital. Or you can get one of the best players available that doesn't get under center getting the shotgun. Chicago's got their quarterback, right? So they're probably a team in front of you, right? Yeah. But, but it, feels like, it feels like they're they're hankering for an offensive lineman, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, they're, they're such – they're. There's not enough talent on that roster. There is not. Really. Says the Chicago wins, so they drop. They drop to Nitsky. Yeah, if they, well, if let's they win, pull up the Bears schedule for, sure. for a second. Let's right. do it. Let's play some uh, forecasting here. But look, Cardinals are going to have a great opportunity to get the best non-quarterback in the top mm. five. It's not looking good we'll there as far the, as the wait. Bears. Yeah, they get the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> then they play. They got to go to Detroit. <laughs> then they play. The, then they play the Vikings. I mean. Oh. <laughs> so, I, oh, our friends at CHGO, go ahead right. and rattle up that draft bus for second overall pick. It's not, listen, anything's possible. If they, the, the consolation prize to Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, whoever goes before the Cardinals pick, that's pretty nice. It's it's chef's kiss. And you think about Seattle right now, even if they pick a Heritage Arizona, Geno Smith has not been playing well. I could definitely see them being in that quarterback market you know, Detroit has gone defense recently. They've gone offensive tackle. What would they do with a top pick? We're going to have a ton of time to break it down. I know a lot of people in the chat are pushing back. This is from tankathon.com. Yeah, and and so what, what, what I'm specifying is they have, like, metrics that figure this out, and people are saying the Cardinals should be third because they lost to Denver. I guess that's not how it works. I guess it's, it's purely strength of schedule. I don't think it's head-to-head. I could be wrong, but this is what they do on this website. So we'll, we'll have a definitive look at this as we go through the week. But regardless, the Cardinals are they're in the top five, and they will remain in the top five as long as they continue to lose games. Well, here's that, that here's, doesn't seem guess who unlikely. the Broncos play next week. Who's that? The Rams. Ooh, that's, that's like a Christmas gift that's for everybody. Maybe right. That's Baker, a Christmas Baker. gift for everybody <laughs> right now. Baker, 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 touchdown, Baker. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm mean, on teammates. That's a Christmas out. Day game. That's by a the Christmas way. miracle right now for for the Arizona Cardinals, PHNX Cardinals. Man, that's what you want to find under the tree come Christmas Day. Is is the Broncos taking down the Rams? Just no tie. Yeah, no tie. Well, that would still help the Cardinals, wouldn't it? I mean, <sighs> that would be a half one. That would be a. I hey, wasn't hey you know what? Well, y'all, you know, this is, can I just, let me just back up real quick. So let me just give y'all this real quick. I played with the Cardinals eight years. Oh, no. Now you don't put a white blanket no. on our top. We've earned it. I got to watch this because this, uh, this is me in the locker room, and I did not get a chance to hear you guys talk like this, but if I was in the locker room, like, listening to you guys talk, I know my season sucks, but goddamn. Mm-hmm. What? Like, but goddamn, like, can, can y'all not be like, Johnny, they don't know, they don't know who's the first? They don't nah, know personally. Bro, Remember we did this last week, Johnny, when we sat and I was like, okay, Johnny, I got here in 95. 96 was what Thomas Jones, yeah, and then we just started rattling off. It was T Knight, Wa- it was T Knight, yeah. then Wadsworth, hey, and, and then, then LJ Shelton, then it was David Boston, that guy. and these are all the names of the guys. I'm like, hey man, <laughs> hey, yeah, we still got football games to play. I, I would rather not have in the top five pick. I know this is where we are right now, 
And we just gotta Davis. deal with Stop it. Stop wet blanket like, our, our party. Look, Listen, hey, I just had to watch Trey This is why we play the game. We want to watch the Cardinals win. You know what? When Frank we played, we you know when right? Frank played, they were, they were trash. When yeah. I played, we were trash. trash. Hey, so hey, 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 I had a lot of high Patrick draft picks Peterson, in my life. Patrick Peterson, once upon a time, was a top five pick. Cardinals don't get him unless they pick fifth overall. Okay, Kyler Murray was the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Give me this, Johnny. Yeah, go let's ahead, go. Johnny. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, that's right. Like so, so, I mean, they got a hit rate at like 3%. Yeah. <laughs> We're due, damn it. We're flipping due. 3%. I'm going to tell you right now, if I have to watch <laughs> Trace McSorley play football for three more weeks, you best believe I'm getting uh, a top three draft pick. You will not take that away from me. And the joy of mock draft season, when I can pay, we, we're going to be at the NFL Combine, and I'm going to have a front row seat. Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, I said, one of you guys is coming to Arizona. Change our stars, please. Wear that shirt. I, absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to get a, we're, I, I'm going to push PHNX Merchandise Locker, All City. I want a draft shirt this year that just says draft good players. That's all I wanted oh, to say. Draft man. good players. It doesn't have to be X player from X school, from X conference. Just just do better. And I, it's going to start this you off think season. think that's going to be a hot shirt? <laughs> it is going to be the. It, it's going to be. The, I'm going to design it myself, and yeah. everybody in the chat's going to want to buy one. Draft good players. Draft good <sighs> players. Just in big, bold font on a T-shirt. You guys can pick the color. Maybe we'll have multiple colors available. PHX Scotty. I mean, draft the better GM. They're moving on. They they are. Going we did to it. It's over. Be drafting a new GM. It's Christmas stuff. come early. Thank you, classy no. nasty. Hey, you know, I will we, pick the players. We can, we can add to this scenario that we talked about. You know, Mike. And kind of possibly leaving, but let's just you dive in. Well, well, here's the thing: because you dive in the story, when you dive into the story, what you was talking about the other day Friday, all the nuances that come along with it. You know, you don't know, you don't know why he's leaving, outside of just being a, maybe just a bad general manager. Mm. But he's leaving for reasons that were not really that's not necessarily expressed. Mm-hmm. And and the conversation between the coaches and how they responded between Cliff. And his response was, I'm disappointed, but me and Kime are being great friends. And then mm-hmm. also VJ shows up and VJ says, Hey man, I wish him luck. Like it, like it was whatever that meant. And so I think there's there's so many other things that kind of just draws out how this season's playing out. And behind the scenes, despite despite we having hard, despite having hard knocks, we're we're not getting the facts of all the things that's really going on behind the scenes. Guys, I think team. that through it's very well documented of the shit show that has been the Arizona Cardinals from before before the draft, Kyler's contract, everything you know, play, you know, unfortunately losing players in the off season to you know a lot of when I, like I said it before when the when the noise becomes greater than the performance, yep, that is when changes come. And I thought it was odd that that story leaked about uh, the, another you know anonymous GM right before Steve Kime you know, basically said that he wasn't, you know, he wanted to take a step back. Like, I thought that was odd because we, you know, everyone's watched billions and understand how to manipulate the media. And I felt that that was very oh, the strategic. Ca- the Cardinals definitely I felt that have, was. I have, felt that that was strategic, Johnny. Like, all of a sudden, there's somebody around the NFL that doesn't like Steve. Where I mean, he's been GMing for, you know, how, how damn long. And then all of a sudden, this story comes out. Right. Well, I mean, look at the whole Kyler contract negotiation there you saga. Go. I mean, from February to when he signed in in July yeah. there was there was mudslinging from both sides but there Correct. was reports coming out that came from within the organization Correct, that were strategically placed there to what make Kyler look bad yeah look bad so sure. it, it, it can be weaponized against mostly anybody and here and here's the thing i think cardinal fans should try to feel good about is when i guess maybe 
when players leave the organization, whether it's Tyron Matthew or Patrick Peterson, mm -hmm. it's been their hate has been directed towards Steve Kime. It hasn't been the Bidwell family, uh, Michael Bidwell in particular. So maybe that gives them an opportunity to kind of reset and, cr and create a new image of the team because that's what we're hoping for. We've got three big checklists on the new year. That's head coach, that's GM, and that's what? Can anybody tell me the third? The new uniforms, baby. We're hoping for some <laughs> new uniforms, a complete rebrand. Did for the you Arizona want your Cardinals. slogan across it? Draft good players. They might want to. They, they might want to partner with us. Hey, give, give us a call. Give our uh, sales director Max a call. We could be able to strike up a deal. Uh, all right, everybody. Tell you what, we're going to talk about the DraftKings player of the game. But before I do, I want to tell everybody about Underdog Fantasies. And, and listen, Bo and I, we we. We peed the bed this year in year-long fantasy. It yep. did not go well for us. Thankfully, we got to avoid the 24 hours at the Waffle House. But I've I made was the a, Steve Kime of our fantasy league. Yes, you were. I've made a staunch commitment. We rallied, though. We got you out of last place. <laughs> made a staunch commitment. No more year-long fantasies. I'm only doing underdog fantasy because underdog fantasy, daily fantasy, is where it's at. All you got to do, you draft against five of your buddies, pick up to six players. NBA, there are no positional limits. And, and again, you might think, well, fantasy season's over. That's hogwash. You can play throughout the postseason. You could play into the NBA season. Hires, lowers, like is Devin Booker going to hit his higher in points? Of course he is. All you got to do is go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Use that promo code PHNX. And guess what? Underdog Fantasy is going to double your first deposit up to $100. So you got 100 Boom. Here's another 100 for you to gamble at your own accord, only using the Underdog Fantasy app. Listen, I took an L last weekend. Uh, Mr. Saul Bookman, Shane Diefenbach, I will be better, and I can only be better on Underdog Fantasy. I'm doing, I'm doing my best. Yeah. I need that T-shirt money Hanging so there. I can use it on Underdog <laughs> Fantasy. Uh, more good stuff. How about uh, at halftime? We saw both offenses have combined like 150 yards. You're mm. sitting there, and you're probably asking, "Why am I taking three hours of my Sunday to do this?" Let's make things a little bit uh, easier to take as far as watching these games. Our friends at OG's Brands are going to make anything better, right? They'll enhance anything that you're doing. Maybe Christmas dinner with the family. Maybe it's getting to bed and staying asleep. OG's has something for everyone. They've got an incredible line of products that you got to check out at ogsbrands.com. They're the perfect stocking stuffer as well. You got the creams, you got the fruits, you got the ratio, the minis, and the sleep edition, as I mentioned, where it helps you get to sleep, stay asleep. It's the Aquaberry flavor. They've got incredibly delicious flavors as well with all their gummies out there. They've got, uh, you know, the Ratio Edition, the Sativa, Indica. Also, you look at these flavors. you got the Tropical. You've yep. got the Watermelon, Raspberry Orange, Orange Creamsicle. Something for everyone. Check out their full <coughs> list of products, OGsBrands.com. And check them out on Instagram as well, at OGsBrands. Um, so there was one player that stood out for the Cardinals today and he had three sacks in the first half and he may be in his final games with the Arizona Cardinals and we're going to give him some love. He is our ba -ba -ba -bomb, draft Kings king of the game. JJ Watts, five tackles, three sacks a pass defended. He did everything he could to help the Arizona Cardinals come out of Denver with a dub. Everybody else kind of, you know, let's call it just couldn't get it done today. In the first half and then the second the half, just, they just too. ran away from him the whole time. They yeah. trapped, they trapped toward him. Locked well, them out they, of the game, and then everything was back door. Beat us. Nah, yeah, you won't beat us. They finally out. understood that the Cardinals yeah. can't stop the run, especially yeah. without Zach Allen. So kudos to J.J. We don't know if J.J. Watt's going to be back with this team should he choose to be back, but we wanted to give J.J. Watt some much-deserved love. We talked about it on our PHNX halftime show. J.J. Watt has been everything you could have hoped he would have been this year. After last year missing so much time, lengthy weighted expectations, 
you know, kudos to JJ. Tip of the cap. But these are your final three games. Oh, has with the he franchise. though? Has he? Well, if everybody mm-hmm. else was humming, it would be the perfect complimentary piece. And the leadership qualities are yeah, clearly absolutely. on display. I say, I say, leadership, no question. What did you think he was going to be, Aaron Donald, when he came? I, here? No, no, no. I wouldn't say Aaron, but Aaron Donald ish. I mean, I would rather have three sacks against. And this is about what I thought. But, but, but hold on, I would rather I would rather it be three sacks against the San Francisco 49ers. Well, yeah, of course. Mm. Not the Denver Broncos. You it's know the, what I mean? It's the Chandler Jones argument from last year: five sacks in the opening game, and then nothing basically the rest of the year. I mean, all, all respect in the world to JJ Watt. I hope he he remains at Cardinals because I believe that he's a true definition of what it looks like. Mm. That being said, I think that the games against Denver, I'm just like, eh. Yeah. But the game, you know That's what I mean? Like, but those are days you're supposed to eat, though. It, it, look, when you play Denver, I'm eating. I'm, play, I'm eating. Like, I'm getting a hundo, without seven, a doubt. Seven, I'm eating. You know what I mean? How many catches? I'm, yeah, uh, seven, seven, eight. Seven, seven. Whatever. Now, How much yak? But I'm eating. How much yak? Before the game and during the game. Before the game and during the game. Henny, before the game, <laughs> chicken after the game, I'm eating like this. Because that's what happens. Uh, you play teams that you know you're supposed to eat oh, on. For sure. And that's just a day. And again, what, what we saw was a team make the adjustment, which was the Denver Broncos. They begin to trap and counter and run plays run against him and run yeah. away from him. And that way you kind of, you, you isolate him. And so that's just what, that's what you're supposed to do in the second Or just half. run the ball because all the, we're and talking about sacks. But it was effective. We're talking about sacks. Right. So like, shut that hey, we ain't going to pass the ball. <laughs> we're not passing, we're running. Fuck that. Now we got the win. We got the lead. So look, it would be great to have JJ back. I would think that. I mean, I just the leadership is something you can't get out of the locker room. The young guys need a veteran to be there to be able to speak into them. Maje Sanders got better. We know Thompson. We saw him make some plays, but again, when you're not, when you don't have all your guys that are humming, it changes the narrative. Teams begin to isolate guys and and then just take guys out of the game. That's what you're supposed to do offensively and defensively. That's the game. You find your weakness, you exploit it. Whatever your strengths are, we run away from that and attack your weakness. That's NFL football, and I think that's that was good. That was a good job by the Denver Broncos versus Arizona Cardinals today. It really was. I, I think with this organization, as far as the front office, the coaching staff, uh, they need more high character guys, right? But as far as the players, I, I've really been impressed, especially with as bad as this season's been. They've got some really good character guys, some really good leadership. They're not like they're not bankrupt in that department. No, so no, I, I think. When you're struggling, especially from like a public opinion standpoint, like this organization is, you wouldn't want to have a guy like J.J. Watt ever exit your organization. Mm-hmm. But it is going to be one of those business decisions where you're going to look at his age and what he's going to command. Uh, if it's something where he's willing to take a, a bit of a discount. Let me ask you this, Johnny. I mean, do you think that there's a chance that J.J. Watt and Zach Allen are on this both on this team next season? No, zero chance. Uh, I think, first of all, they're both going to be having to you know, shoot their shot with the new GM and head coach mm-hmm. if they want to. Uh, Zach Allen presumably may not play the rest of the year, so what do you even pay him? They've already got questions about what to do with Byron Murphy. And J.J., I don't know if J.J. Watt's going to have an appetite to come back here. I know, D.A., you talked about comfort level. I definitely think that's a factor. Does he want to move his family, especially he's got the newborn, his wife's comfortable here. Professional but, athletes. Yeah, but I just, J.J. Watt's mentality is tough guy, winner, leader, and he, I, I think very similar because he had to combat a lot of feedback nationally when he signed with the Cardinals. Like, you're just, this is a cash grab. And he said, no, 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 we're going to win. And remember, that's where the T-shirt came from. Maybe we're just having better. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, well, the Cardinals clearly are in some kind of rebuild mode, retool mode, where not many people are going to be high on this team next year. If J.J. Watt re-signs with this organization, I, no one can blame him. But at the same time, it's like, 
do you really want to achieve great team, you know, success? I think that will eat at him. I think we saw that at Hard Knocks. I don't think Michael Bidwell is going to be in a position to pay him a premium. So you you give him eight to ten million. Is that yeah. enough for JJ Watt to stay here? I don't think so. I think the Cardinals would rather invest in Zach Allen because of his youth and the fact that he's bought in, great team player. And you don't want that. You know JJ Watt if he leaves, he's got one two years max. Yeah. Zach Allen could go somewhere and really flourish for the next you know five years. Brian think, Abdallah with the super chat, two dollar super chat. Thanks, Brian. Uh, asking as we were talking about some high pressed priced veterans, you can't tell me trading D Hop is not on the table now. He's gonna have a thirty million dollar uh, cap hit. I mean, there's gonna be a ton of turnover on this roster, but I mean, one you're gonna have to restructure with Hop. Yeah, they say restructure in, in order yeah. to a yeah. for him to be a member of this roster, b trade him elsewhere. I think the so, best thing was said though. The boy Han right behind him, Sagan said D Hopson and Watts they basically bet on Kyler, thinking mm-hmm. that if you got Kyler, you got a young stud. He was the offensive. Offensive rookie of the year before their first year, and then well, how they that, traded for him. Remember? I mean, but yeah, like, but and then they gave him money. For, and that was a David Johnson trade. So Steve Kime was a genius right then. Yeah, it looked, it looked great. I mean, right. they, they bet on him. People forget about yeah. that. There's a lot. Look, Steve Kime did a lot of great things for this organization. I'm just saying, call I mean, spade spade. This, yeah. team, this team won, you know, double digit games three years in a row. People, you know, in Kime we trust. That Good used call. to be something Straight people up. said on social media all the time. Our Kime time, and he's fallen from grace. Uh, sure. Far, far, far from grace as far as this organization and its fan base go. But I mean, the biggest difference is Hop is under contract, Agreed. and it's it's not going to be like JJ where he's going to be an impending free agent. He's and I hit the open market. Michael Bidwell also wants to be competitive and sell tickets next year. And you're not going to have Kyler to start the season. Presumably, a bunch of free agents are going to depart. Like I, Hopkins, I'm only moving him in the absolute right circumstance. It's not a, you know, unloading a contract situation like we saw with Amari Cooper in Dallas, which they immediately regretted giving him away for a fifth-round pick. It would have to be, of course, as Ron says, uh, you'd have to get a premium back. Look, look, D-Hop's, D-Hop is, by himself, a wrecking machine. Mm-hmm. So, there are a lot of teams in the NFL that's one receiver away from, like, exploiting defenses across the league and being explosive and winning more football games D. Hobson gets you four or five, four or five wins by himself, and I'm saying not by himself. He but just, just couldn't do it. Here. But just, but he just right. Well, well you, didn't have, you didn't have a consistent quarterback play. <laughs> you didn't have consistent quarterback play, but when he's on the field, he's a threat. Sure. And and no matter what, I, I agree. I think that you you got to get something good for him if he did, if he decides to if if you can trade for him because I mean he's worth. A lot, some teams will find more value in him, just like when you look at what the older, what the Raiders did for your boy uh, Adam Devontae. Adam. The problem with with trading D Hop, and, and we've seen it across the league, and we we even see with back to back MVP player like Aaron Rodgers, it's tough to replace that wide receiver one. It really is, and they the Cardinals say. I mean, Hollywood Brown is nice. He's not the successor to DeAndre Hopkins. You don't have the successor in house. You look at this roster. I mean. They're not going to take a wide receiver round one either with that high pick th- that they're going to have. Think. Please, I don't care who the GM is. Please, God, do not do that. But as far as, you know, you, you don't have the successor in place, so why not while him he's under contract at least keep yeah. him here? We know what Kyler looks like with DeAndre Hopkins. He's a lot better quarterback than he is without him. We also don't think they're going to go out and spend a bunch of money in March either. Like, you're not going to be able to spend money that's going to get you somebody the equivalent, a different position of DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Guys, do you remember what this offense looked like the first six games yeah, for of real. the season? Do you remember his first game back? It against was Hollywood the, Brown. 
It was it was HB for three. Right. But and then they, he got hurt. And then, but then I'm saying when he finally came back, he had oh, what, over yeah. over a hundred yards. Like Fourteen and, catches. You know, in back the game. to back games. I think yeah. it was what seventeen receptions for you know something. He he was productive. The offense had signs of life. They there to me, you can't replace that. You know, uh, given a guy, he could play inside, outside, position I agree. versatility. I agree. The thing that Hollywood can't do is go to the outside because there's a clear advantage size wise. We saw that against I, any any pretty much cornerback over you know six foot. I think they're going to be inclined to keep him. Here's somebody that I, I have to ask you about because we haven't really talked about him much. Is Cliff Kingsbury? Will they keep Cliff Kingsbury post the season, Bo Brock? We talked about it at nauseum leading up to this game. Well, if he can get a win in Denver without a starting quarterback, we'll see. Maybe that can. Give some goodwill to Michael Bidwell. Look at Cliff overcoming adversity. Um, this next three-week span could get ugly for Cliff. And again, preface this by saying we don't think he's going to get fired now. But do you feel like there's any way for Cliff Kingsbury to save his job? Or has the decision already been made? Uh, before I answer that, let's use the like button here for all 200-plus people in the chat. If you think Cliff Kingsbury should be out the door, hit that like button uh, as you join us here on PHNX Cardinals. And I'll say this. I think... There's this organization is in such flux as far as the the front office to the coaching staff already outside of Cliff. You had the offensive coordinate or offensive line run game coordinator, your running back coach, yeah. all exit this this organization unceremoniously, regardless of what you know comes in a, as far as the facts of the allegations mm-hmm. coming out here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would Michael Bidwell lean on a guy like Cliff? for some sort of continuity, for some sort of like of showing of organizational stability. Yeah. Unless the new GM is saying like, that's not my guy. Let's move off of it. I, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of a possibility. Agreed. But I, I think that the it, it's, it's going to be tough for Cliff to keep his job though. I, I think come January 9th, given what I, I mentioned earlier in the show, if, if you're just joining us, you can check it out later uh, that this team uh, it really needs to hit the reset button. If I'm Cliff, I can walk in and say, hey, Mike, this is, you know, this ship is kind of sinking. I'm pretty much sure I think you're going to let me go. And if you let me go, let's do it right now. Let me go right now. You think now. he wants to quit before the end of the year? I didn't say quit. I said, you're going to let me go anyway. So why don't you just let me go now? It's uh, it's December now. Uh, college is in, in bowl season right now. I can get recruits in January, he February. Doesn't, he doesn't want to go. But guys, he I mean, if, go. if we're if we're reading the tea leaves, I'm just saying, and we're, go, and we're looking and, and we're looking at what has happened, your your GM takes a permanent or indefinite leave of absence. Mm-hmm. So that's one target area. There's le- there's leaks from there isn't leaks about Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. There's leaks about the general manager. He's been Steve a good Conner. soldier. We've talked about it. So, Not so, a good coach. But, but I'm saying there's, there's leaks. The, but the, I'm saying the there's leaks. There's yeah. leaks about the general manager. There isn't leaks about. I mean about Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. So and he they're using words like injuries, unprecedented stuff like that. So that makes me think that there's been conversations like, hey, we just wrote this year off, and Steve Kime is is the blame. You know, due to you know poor choices or whatever, or the way his way of bringing this roster together. I, when, I we, just, when we talk about that, we still go back to the you say the, when the noise is greater than the performance. Well, but our performance, the noise coming from the injuries, fan base, injuries. the noise from the fan base, and what we're watching, the noise that's that's being described nationally about Cliff and his offense and the ineptitude to grow his quarterback. We're one in thirteen at the house right now. Mm. Like we just the stats don't just lie. Because of the team, because Steve Kahn played devil's advocate. Steve Kahn wouldn't get the guys that we needed. 
That's why. But the offense is yours, and when you had it, it wasn't great. Block. It didn't we can, produce. We can yeah, I, didn't, I mean, you, I we can keep going back thing. and forth, and I think that's, you know. Keep it in context for yeah. the people who are watching this last month, this horror show of sorts. The Cardinals <laughs> were inept offensively, albeit without Diop at times, with Kyler Murray. And, and that's on Cliff Kingsbury. That's an indictment on Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kine when they made a plan this offseason together, lockstep. We've talked about how close those two are. Let's bring Rodney Hudson back. Let's bring Justin Pugh back. Let's re-sign Zach Ertz, who's in his 30s. Let's trade for Hollywood Brown. So they brought back A.J. Green, for Christ's sake. It was like they went over this offseason. And so when you start the year and you're not producing, I'm sorry, you can't blame that on anything other than our plan was not good enough. And my coaching, and you've said it time and time again, Bo, I can't elevate people. Mm -hmm. I only can be gifted, extremely uh, talented individuals like a Kyler, like a Diop, and I can max out what I can do, but I can never take a fifth-round pick and make him a star. I can't take an undrafted free agent and make him a good player. That that just hasn't happened. He's been here long enough. We've, we've, we've figured that out now, and it's going to be an ugly couple of weeks until he's eventually let go. I think that Cliff Kingsbury's largest saving grace, obviously, was, was Kyler Murray. But when you look at this roster right now, like who who can you say, especially on the offensive side of the football, that he, he's he's developed he, he, that you can say that that's a product of Cliff Kingsbury. That guy's a baller. That guy is a playmaker. I mean, Rondell Moore oh. unfortunately couldn't stay on the field, right? Yeah, he, he's had back to back. I mean, seasons. they all left. But they left, I, I, sure. I said this. I said Christian this. On, Kirk left. I said this on Friday, Da. I'm not sure if I, me being Frank Sanders, had an opportunity to come back to play for the Cardinals. If I would come back to play for the Cardinals in this offense. I don't know if I would come if back. You, if you're in this offense. you're not coming back. You, 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 shit, I'm the only one you getting the ball to. No, I mean you're getting paid thirty million. I, I mean the thirty is something on the yeah, table, but I'm saying I, I do think that I do think that there, it's kind of a the, the NFL is looking more and more like the NBA as far as one, one player, player yeah, and yeah, being yeah. able to control where they play regardless of you know what That's their contract sure. says. Right on. So I mean, but D Hop is is a is a great teammate, great leader. Yeah. But does he get fed up? Is, well, you is have it, to because you yeah. can't you can't win by yourself. Everything, I, I everything's catch, gonna be on. I can catch thirteen balls, and then still, if I got Hollywood Brown not catching any, then they're gonna they're gonna circle the wagons toward me. If no one's the ball's not being spread out consistently and in the right manner of running the offense, where it's showing the the promise of us dominating a team. Like I'm a dominating wide receiver. Any cornerback I got, I got him. But right. everything else has to flow. I mean, where's the running game? JC got to get his yards. The Titans got to make his catch. We Complimentary can't be, football. We got. We was like probably what two and thirteen on thirds down today. Like that's 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 asinine. Like that's just that's terrible. I mean, that's that's terrible. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> want to take a guess? Cardinals have played nineteen games dating back to late last December. Anybody want to take their guess on their record in their last nineteen games? It, uh, is it five and fourteen? It is. It's five and fourteen, led by Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kimes. This team is unwatchable, but we're very watchable here at PHNX Cardinals. Go to gophnx.com, become a diehard. Check out our guy Howard Balzer, our PHNX Cardinals beat reporter. Smash that promo code H O W A R D Howard. Check out the PHNX merchandise locker for all the freshest gear in the valley. Frank's rocking a tee. Bo's rocking a tee, DA's rocking a tee. 
This flannel is not from the merchandise locker. No. I instantly regretted it after the fact. He just got done with the Duluth Trading Co. <laughs> you can find it uh, tomorrow at Goodwill for $2.99. Oh, man. We love our Goodwill purchases here. <laughs> the family um, Christmas photos. If you become a diehard, you get a free hat or T-shirt. Not one-off. It's not a one-off. Every flipping year, get access to the exclusive member Discord. Huge discounts on events. You can't beat it, but you got to check it out. Become a diehard today at gophnx.com. Gentlemen, we're in the midst right now of the uh, what I believe is the final weeks of the Kime Cliff era. What what have been some of your, uh, let's say, worst memories of the season? Because right now I can't think of, you know, the Raider game was fun. They just had a, a walk-off victory. But what's been the toughest part about this year, Bo, for you? Just seeing the the offense taking a couple steps back. I mean, the the game against the Rams, they don't find the end zone. The game uh, against the Seahawks up in Seattle, they're held out of the end zone. Uh, you just see your quarterback in, in Kyler Murray, uh, who was pretty solid in, in his witnessing his development, and him a two time Pro Bowler, the offensive rookie of the year, take significant step back. Uh, and, and you know, even somebody who's like. Some just a casual fan, you see, you can see that on display, and that's the biggest unfortunate mm-hmm. thing that that the franchise quarterback that this organization uh, just invested a historic contract into um, is people don't know what his future looks like. Obviously, he's dealing with the injury, but also what we saw witnessed on the playing field. So those two games really uh, stand out to me, just because. You know, you, you can't be when you've yep. got an offensive minded head coach and you've you got the quarterback you just invested in, you can't be held out of the end zone. It's frustrating. Colt McCoy per Cliff Kingsbury, per Cliff Kingsbury, is in concussion protocol. We haven't had a chance to mention that. We've been very much off of this game and we're looking ahead to next By week. By the way, Colt McCoy, I mean, this is almost more than what's a back, what a backup's being asked to do. To go in, I mean, this guy, as far as the game goes, in Mexico City taking shots, completely just just thrown around yeah. like a rag doll back there. Yeah. He's, he had an MRI on his head earlier this week following the, the, the loss on Monday Do night. Do you think there's a chance he's done for the year? I, I mean, I, I don't think with, Colt with the, will with this, I would say, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think Colt, maybe yeah. his family steps in and says, hey, what, we don't want you going behind an offensive line now that has had five different starters across it. I mean, that's... That that's he he has taken a punishment and you know really a lot of respect to Colt McCoy and, and what he's he's putting his body back out there on the line for his teammates uh, who he cares so much about and and you, yep. the, the opportunity to kind of be taken away from him uh, you feel for Kyler you feel for Colt it's just another one of those days where you feel bad for the quarterbacks of this team Dylan in the chat what's our longest offensive TD this year. Like maybe the Rondell Moore catch and run in Minnesota where you broke a couple 40, of tackles. I think it, I thought it was like about 44. Wasn't the tight end, Zach Ertz? Yeah, was, maybe Zach Ertz. I think it was about 44 I, yards. It's, it's rough, Dylan, yards. when we can't even rem- remember what it would be. Uh, last year, this team was so explosive. Remember, the, especially yeah. the, during that 10-2 and two period, they could not be stopped. Kyler Murray was the top deep ball thrower in the NFL. And then this year, that that is not existing. or yeah. something, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, back, back to the Colt. The best job in the NFL is a backup quarterback. Until you got to become the starter, and then now that's you're just, you're on your backup whole, yeah. of a backup. It's not a lot of people think is a preseason I mean, backup. Be- Beecham went out today, and yeah. that was the last remaining starting offensive lineman. And yeah. Will Hernandez came back after the pec injury; he was on mm-hmm. IR. But at, at he that, didn't look good. Beecham was the last guy that hadn't missed yeah. really any time, and he. I mean, this is PR Mac asking what are the odds Trace makes it to the end of the season? Man, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? 
Who knows? I mean, they got they got Prayers David Blau, right? But, but Johnny, to answer that question a little bit earlier about you know your moments mm-hmm. that you had about this team, and to me, yeah. it's like what sums it up is being so close yet so far, and I mean that early on in the season. We saw against Minnesota where there are multiple turnovers, but this team had an opportunity. Defensive defensive unit got stops, got the offensive the, the mm-hmm. ball back. Very similar in other games as well, yet their inability to capitalize on those uh, you know on those opportunities and to me it was just indicative of the type of football team that they were. They weren't a complete football team because when you're doing like all the little right, you know, all the little things right, we talk about you hear that in hard knocks the details. That's when the ball flips and goes your way, mm-hmm. Frank. You know, you yeah, and I yeah. have both heard about this throughout our careers and that didn't go well. You know, never in the did they make the right call or in the two minute or the four minute offense or delay of game. It was just those repetitive, self inflicted wounds that we saw from this team, and it was just compounded week after week. And you know, if call it a culture, call it a head coach philosophy, whatever it was, it wasn't working to me. You know, as a former player, as a fan watching this team, like that was the most frustrating yeah, thing was their yeah. inability just to be consistent. And I'd say just capitalize on those you know, moments of opportunity. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in the NFL, it's hard to win. Yeah. You know very. what I mean? It's very difficult. But I think us as fans, with Kyler's big contract, with the extension of Cliff, you know, having that continuity coming into year four, you thought that you were going to hit all this growth milestones and the offense was going to be that much better. But we have yet to see that. We saw glimpses of it, glimpses mm-hmm. of it, certain games. But it was, again, against those questionable opponents where games which you know that you expect this team to go out there with firepower against Kansas City Chiefs, against the San Francisco San Francisco 49ers, against com, you know competitive opponents, and that didn't happen this year. I did not. Uh, Hugs from Brazil. Hugs yeah. from Phoenix, my man. Yeah, Thank you so much, Mr. Lima, in the chat, Frank. What's up? 38 um, yards, by the way, is the longest 38 touchdown. 38 yards. Rondell Moore. Yeah. Touchdown. Hey, I was right. Dorch was the longest play. It was uh, – what forty seven yards? Yeah, no, his was bigger than that. Yeah, it was. It was, it was longer. Than it, was I think ca- it was a catch and run too. It wasn't even. Yeah, like, it was all yak. Look, when I look at this team, man, I think about, <clears throat> I think about how what displayed last year was we were on fire, and then right about midway through the midseason, and we went to go play Detroit, and after that, it was just we was on we was on the slopes, and we was heading down. With uh, with no sticks to stop, no left, right, no turning of the ankle, nothing. It was, it, was, it was just got uglier and uglier and uglier. And everybody, here's the crazy thing about it was, we had our quarterback that was uh up for the MVP. Yep. And we had a coach that was up for the number one coach, the coach in the NFL that year. Uh, last, this is just last year, and we did nothing to make those adjustments. And the, last year followed us into this year, and it got worse. And it started, and that to me is the part where we made no adjustments. We added a couple of pieces. We added some players, um, offensively and defensively, but we made no we 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 haven't changed from being that team of last year in the middle of the season. Like literally, we have not changed from being that team of last year in the middle of the season. From last year in the middle of the season to this year, we have not been blown out, but we've only been blown out maybe twice. Mm-hmm. First two teams that actually absolutely came here and dominated us with no answers for anything. And that was Kansas City this year. And San Francisco. And San Francisco. We had no answers for none of that. And I look at us right, and I look at us from last year, we've made no changes, no adjustments, no nothing. And that to me is disappointing because you could, I could see, I think there's players and people that can see the adjustments that needed to be made to allow us to move, to move the chain, to move the ball, to move guys around, get guys in places. I mean, if one receiver went down, you brought in Robbie Anderson. Shit, he was, he was another, he was a stud start. He was a, he was a one receiver over in Carolina. 
and Gregory Dorch. You know, Gregory Dorch proved himself in a preseason as well as in the regular season to be a number to be at least part of the three, the one A, one one B, and one C. And he was, and, you know, what I mean, so he showed that. And then JC, JC got hurt. You know, showed to be the guy right behind him. You know, we didn't see Trace really explode like we wanted him to. Not Trace, but we didn't see Trey McBride become the second wave of our tight end that we wanted to be. But Zach was still doing his job and getting it done. So, but that's just offensively. Defensively, we had some guys that got hurt, but they kept trying to get our, our linebackers got better. Our, our our secondary took some punches and some blows. Guys got injured, but just overall, I didn't see us become the team that really would adjust it and change. We were the same team from the middle of last year to this year, and that's exactly what it's been. And that's been the most disappointing part, Johnny. Well said, Frank Sanders. <laughs> this franchise right now, we're in we're in a tough spot. We're in limbo right now. And so we got to move on. It's well said. <laughs> tough. It was well said. I'm tired, ball. I'm tired. <laughs> we got three games left, Johnny. Oh, I love these, three I love games. these guys that, here. That's what he needs to know. <laughs> Johnny's thinking about reindeers and peppermints. I just had to watch Tracy Sorley for for two quarters, guys. Cut me some slack here. It's been a it's been a great day. Otherwise, I mean, we got to hang out. We got to oh, hang man. out. Cardinals probably have a new GM. That's all but a shirt now. Oh. Top three to five draft pick coming your way. And guess what? This video, we're gonna make a promise right now. It gets to hundred likes. Tomorrow on PHNX Cardinals Live, we will give you our definitive GM ranking candidates Mm. for the Arizona Cardinals, what we believe the Arizona Cardinals should and maybe would do. But that's only if this video gets to 100 likes. In the meantime, be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Elon Musk can't stop this hype train (laughs) right now. On YouTube, subscribe to PHNX Sports. We're back all week long. What, what are you laughing Your at? Your Twitter's been deactivated. Oh, so sorry. I'm done. You can catch me on MySpace, get in my top eight. Want to be great. Clips in there, Kimes in there. What's the Trump, what's the Trump site? True social. Oh, man. We're having fun here at the PHNX Studios in Tempe, or excuse me, in Phoenix. I'm sorry. Four Peaks is in Tempe. We love Four Peaks Holiday Cheerbox. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. This is Cardinal Therapy, and I'm going to tell you right now, the offseason with PHNX Cardinals is going to be a hell of a lot more entertaining than the regular season with the Arizona Cardinals. You can bank on that. For Frank Sanders, Damian Anderson, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see him in Yana.